um, I do often talk, you know, start with my own personal story, which is I'm used to coming, you know, I'm used to very cold winters, but what I wasn't used to when I arrived here was being cold inside. Because I, I, I do try to be careful to not say, you know, well, come on, Kiwis, you, you, you should want better, but it's like, actually, you deserve better. We all do. We should be living in, in warmer, drier, and healthier homes, period. Homestyle Green, episode 177. Could Homestar be the PR boost that healthy, efficient and comfortable housing really needs? G'day and welcome back to another episode of Homestyle Green. This is the podcast dedicated to inspiring people to make a better place to live. Now back in uh, episode 145, I interviewed Dennis Dowling of DCD Construction down in Christchurch. And this week, I'm pleased to bring you a conversation I had with Annabelle Namaguchi, who's really just joined uh, Dennis and is on a mission to help create the go-to company for high-end and high-performance uh, homes and buildings across New Zealand. We discuss Homestar because Annabelle is a, a recent Homestar assessor. And one of the things I really like about Annabelle's approach to Homestar is that it's complementary and can, should be complementary to other rating tool systems out there. So let's pick up the conversation discussing how Annabelle got started with both Homestar and with DCD. So I've recently switched jobs. I'm now working with DCD, yeah. which is Dowling Construction and Development, yeah. also in Queenstown. Um, and um, so that's a company headed by Dennis Dowling, whom yep. we've also had on the podcast. Yeah. And um, the reason was uh, I, I have really um, started, I have a research background, but I was not in building. Um, I got interested in it. I had some interest anyway, but because of my own experience of, you know, being um, gobsmacked at how poor performing the homes were here, <laughs> most particularly in winter. And I, I yep. really struggled with that. Yeah. Um, so um, when it came time to buy a home, um, I just didn't know how I could guarantee that I would get a home that performed well in winter. Right. And, um, you yeah, because in both homes I rented here, they were beautiful. Yeah. Gorgeous views over the lakes. Da, yeah. da, but um, it was actually experiencing living in the homes that I was, you know, I realized just how um, cold they were in the winter and how that affected not just my health, but my mental well-being. So um, I decided to build a house and that's how I got connected with Rylene. And um, slowly by doing, and this is a very common story as well, is by doing research that was personally motivated to, in order to create a home that was going to be um, high performing for my, my family, you know, keep me and my loved ones healthy and warm mm -hmm. and, and, and not overheated in the summer. That's another thing that mm. we don't talk enough about. Yeah. Um, then I, you know, parlayed this into a professional interest and, um, and that's culminated in be me becoming a home star assessor yeah. Yeah. and having assessed a variety of homes. And that's how, how I've come to DCD because Dennis is an expert in building um, high performance, thermally efficient homes uh, to a passive house level. Right. And I want to expand my knowledge, and I knew he was the guy to to do that with. I mean, your background's in in um, PR and, and, and sort of branding, yeah. that sort of thing, isn't it? And so, how did you go from that to uh, being a home star assessor? So I touched uh, briefly on that. So that was like a lot of people, a lot of advocates in the green building, residential green building field. Um, it was a personal journey. 
So mm. I really wanted a home that was going to perform. And, you know, in our case, we were like a lot of people, we were on a fixed budget. So it then becomes quite a puzzle. You know, um, how can we build um, the highest performing home while st- sticking to our budget, basically? Yep. And obviously, one of the first things you do is minimize your footprint. It's, you know, sensible. Um, but then that also requires really good design. So um, our home is 176 square meters, and we have two teenage kids. Mm-hmm. Um, we have three bedrooms, two lounges. Our lounge, the second lounge, doubles up as a guest room if we have guests. Our um, living room um, has a little built-in office nook, so it doubles up as our study um, because we don't have guests at the same time that we would be doing office work. So um, that's how we've compensated for a little less space. But quite frankly, that is plenty of space. You know, in in New Zealand and in the United States, we've had, you know, house-sized creep where over the generations, our homes have gotten bigger and bigger. um, And... I joke around about real estate agents often tell you you need a, that fourth bedroom for resale value. Yeah. You don't use it. The next people who own your home won't use it either, but yeah. they'll want it just for the resale value so somebody else can buy it and not yeah. use it. Yeah, and, and, and I'm being facetious cycle. in that because we do use the room that we have available to us. Yep. But, but at the end of the day, most people will value quality over quantity. And that's where I've become a real advocate for Homestar um, because I think it's a, the most practical tool. It's um, designed, it's what we were talking about before, where it's designed, it's based off of some other tools that are used, like LEED in the US, mm-hmm. uh, I believe it's BREAM in the UK, which is government mandated that every home be assessed yep. um, for performance. And, um, and so then, there, therefore, it becomes the most practical tool here in New Zealand for this to become a mainstream um, part of our vernacular that when we talk about our houses, we don't just talk about the size and, um, the cladding, but we also talk about what kind of energy efficiency it has and, um, and it's sustainability as well. You mentioned that it was obvious to you that reducing your footprint was the, the way to go. Uh, that's not obvious to everyone. Were you under, was there pressure from anyone to say, no, you should go bigger because that's what the market demands no i mean it's funny because um i did talk to you know some friends who are in real estate and they agreed with what i said is like look i get the impression that you know um there is this uh, we see when we walk into a home we assess it on its aesthetics and obviously you know extra nooks and crannies a little more space that that uh, you know contributes to the aesthetic aesthetics rather than the performance you, it's hard to see how much insulation is in a wall and you're not going to feel it like on a beautiful summer day when everything's open well you're not going to feel that difference however on one of these frosty mornings like we've had today or you guys had um, some wretched weather up in Auckland so have we this week with the wind mm-hmm. well when you have an airtight house you're not even aware that the wind's blowing <laughs> But that was not the case in my other homes. <laughs> I yeah. knew we were having outside because it kind of creeped into the inside, you know, the indoor environment. So you, so you felt you felt that other people got that when you when you stated it, when you said that no, we actually want to focus on quality and not not a a, a massive house. People said it, agreed that that was a a good way to well, go. Yes and no. People would say yes. You're right. That is the way we should go that's not necessarily going to be recognized on the property market later on. Right. 
that's where I also think Homestar has a big part to play mm-hmm. because um, I've just done last week there was um, a sustainability um, conference here called One Summit yes. in Monica, Queenstown, yeah. and both Dennis and I presented, and I was presenting on Homestar, and um, you know I showed pictures of my house. So my house is a six Homestar. Mm-hmm. That's that's the basic level that you begin with, right? Homestar goes from six to ten. Yep. Um, and it's assessing the energy efficiency and sustainability of the home. Which and is, a, that's a, I just point out, that's a, a version four. Uh, yes. Isn't it? That's right. It, it used to, back when I was working on it, we started at one, but no one wanted yeah. to, no one wanted to be down there. So no, chopped exactly. off, chopped off the bottom end of the scale to make it more like Green Star, really, because that's how the commercial side of things, they start sort of a little way up the scale. So now what the entry level is, yep. is there is still a four star? Can you, can you go no. down below six or is it only six and above? No. So basically if you've got a home star rating, it means your house is performing at a certain standard. Right. It, um, it's warmer, drier, healthier. Mm-hmm. Um, so six means that you've built above minimum code here in New Zealand and your house is going to perform, you know, so it'll be warmer, drier, and healthier. Right. A 10 is international best practice. Right. So, for example, um, listeners are probably familiar with Passive House certification, mm-hmm. which complements Homestar really well because Passive House is really quantitative building science. So just solely focusing on how the house performs, yep. Homestar is a much more holistic approach. So the two can, you know, complement each other well and if you have passive house certification it means that your house starts at an eight home starts guaranteed eight and then you can go above that based on things like you know um, water efficiency um, the materials uh, that you use whether they're sustainable and healthy um, landscaping and site amenities so it's a more holistic approach so you can see that they work well together yeah, it's nice to. Uh, uh, I've been a little bit out of the detail of that for a little while, so it's nice to get a bit of a, a refresh. And and I like that idea of them complementing rather than competing against yes. each other, because, well, because they have more well, in common than than not. Absolutely, and and there are different rating systems on you know out there. Yeah. And I have only positive things to say about them all. Um, the reason I think Homestar um, has probably it's got the widest value because it's a spectrum scale. So I've heard some building companies say they, they go beyond Homestar. Well, you can't really because it's a spectrum scale. Mm. You can go under Homestar. Right. And as you've pointed out, like Homestar scale used to be 1 to 10. Mm. So you could even rate poorly efficient homes. But you're right. Nobody wanted to go through the process yeah. of showing that their house performed poorly. Yeah. So instead, version 4 has now made it. And, and, and what, that's one thing I like about the tool, too, is it evolves to meet the conditions and criteria necessary yeah. to make this a mainstream tool. Yep. So 6 to 10, it's a spectrum. Six is very achievable, even on a fixed budget. Um, and then 10 may be more in the aspirational. It is more in the aspirational. Passive house certification is amazing, but it's also somewhat, I'd say it's on the aspirational side. It can be achieved on a tighter budget, but then that means a lot more probably project involvement by the homeowner. And not everybody can do that. Um, so anyway, I, I think there's a, like I said, I, I I have only positive things to say about it, but if you cannot 
if you're not prepared to go full in to get passive house certification, you should at the very minimum be doing Homestar because it's both design and built. So it's prescriptive, but it's also flexible. Right. So tell us a bit about your the process that you went through. Did you, did you start with a, an existing plan or did you start from scratch? Yeah, no, I took a, an existing plan. In part, I have a hard time at the time, I think I can do it better now, looking at um, you know uh, drawings and then visualizing what the space would really look like and feel like. So Yeah, because you, you, you at this, well, you spend a little bit of time uh, with another building company, but you, you're not a architect or a... Or engineer. Builder, are you? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I'm a PR person. And yeah. and it's great because actually, you know, obviously we need the engineers and architects and builders to, you know, push the envelope in the field, but then we also need advocates. Yeah. And one of the things that you'd asked me you know, before we actually spoke is what are my goals at DCD? And that is one of them, is that uh, both Dennis and I have um, developed expertise in different areas. I mean mm-hmm. Dennis is much broader expertise, much deeper. And that's one reason I'm so excited to be working alongside him. But both of us are good advocates for this. Yes. Um, we're both outspoken. Yep. The, the, the field, and I think the greatest leap for New Zealand to make is simply to raise awareness of how a house can perform. So um, like you've pointed out earlier, foreign accents in the field. Yeah. That's because we come from areas where, like Canada and elsewhere, where we know that a house can can perform a certain way. Um, and so, yeah, so, so I think that um, it's just a matter of getting that out there, educating the public, basically. Yeah. And I think, again, Homestar has a real value in that regard as well. So you started with a, a an existing plan. You, you'd, you'd had a look around, seen what was available and rejected uh, the options that you might have from the existing houses, presumably you, you, you'd looked at a few houses just tell. on the open market or you just... Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And the problem was they, they're lovely houses, um, lots of glazing. We have gorgeous views here and everybody mm-hmm. wants to maximize that. But unfortunately, glazing is the, you know, it's the poorest performing aspect of your thermal envelope. Yeah. Um, it, both it can let you know, um, the heat escape from your house in the wintertime, but then also it can allow your house to overheat yeah. um, in the summertime. Yeah. That's, that's an area that people often get, you know, don't get right. Yeah, yeah um, definitely. So just, you know, our minimum code is, um, I know, you, I'm sure you've heard this before, but it is the worst house you are legally allowed to build. Yep. It should not be treated as a target, and yep. yet it is. But it's very hard to assess that externally you know so you walk into a house so i'm sorry i'm jumping around but in this presentation i did for one summit i show a picture of my home and i ask you know can you tell what's different about my home um you cannot see the difference if you come in and the weather is stormy and rainy and cold outside you will feel the difference and i think that's i mean i'm I'm so pleased that we've got people like yourself uh on on the uh on the bus now because it, it, this a lot of this is a marketing issue because beautiful houses are easy to market or easier because that's yeah. the whole basis of architectural magazines and design awards and beautiful glossy um, features on on houses, particularly bathrooms and kitchens. But yep. like you say, all the stuff that makes the house perform, you can't see. It's invisible. And the truth of the matter is the two can coexist. Your home can be beautiful. In fact, you know, if you look on um, Passive House, you know, 
um, if you look at passive houses, they're oftentimes very beautiful. Yeah. There's not, it's not like you're sacrificing architectural design per se. It just, in fact, it has to be very smart design. Mm. Um, so, so the two should coexist. Mm. And, um, and I was very fortunate. I was, um, invited to present at the, um, property Institute, um, New Ze- of New Zealand annual conference last year. Cool. And, and I was, so, I jumped at it, you know, it was, yeah. it was the last minute, you know, I was a pinch hitter to be honest, but I jumped at it cause I thought, wow, valuers, those are people who come in contact with the consumer. And at the end of the day, we're all consumers as well, right? We all live in a house, whether we rent or, or it's an, or we own, or it's an apartment, or it's a standalone dwelling. We all live in a house, and um, or a home, I should say, not a house, but a home. Um, but but the valuers and the real estate agents have a really key part to play um, because they're coming in contact and they're helping influence how consumers um, value their homes. So it should be, you know, aesthetics. I don't mean to say that we shouldn't care about aesthetics, but let's face it, at the end of the day, at some point in the house's lifespan, you'll probably renovate that bathroom and kitchen. Mm-hmm. But to retrospectively, you know, or retrofit insulation into your foundations, just about impossible. Yeah. Um, even in your walls and ceilings, it's much more problematic. So get those pieces right. Your windows, <laughs> you yep. know, the size as well as the yep. quality of them. Get all those pieces right. And then the interior, you know, especially if you are playing that that puzzle, you're trying to balance that budget, those are things that can be done later or, or you, you can be very clever also with interior design. You can, you know, mix and match some high-end pieces with some less costly pieces. But those are things that should be um, – you shouldn't be sacrificing the performance of the home for the aesthetics. Yeah, yeah. So when you started your planning process for your house, you rejected all the ones that were available as built. Um, did you start with... Just home- because, and I just want to say, because that sounds like I'm rejecting um, the residential industry in Queenstown. That's not the case. Like there are some really well-built homes. I just couldn't tell because Homestar has not become, or there's no other... You know, Homestar acts like the EECA um, star rating on appliances. You know, uh-huh. if I want to buy a fridge, the performance may not be the utmost consideration. Maybe how it opens, how it feels, whether yep. it'll fit my yep. stuff. But that performance does factor in. And it's great because there's just this really succinct translation of how well it's going to, you know, how much energy it's going to use on the fridge. It tells me how many stars, right? So it can, be the, it can be the deciding yeah. factor after all other things being equal. Well, and depending on your priorities, for me, I realized how miserable I was. I went into torpor like a lizard when um, in the on frosty mornings because my house was so cold, and um, and that was you know health wise. My husband and I both had chest infections our first um, year here, yeah, um, really? probably because was that, was that something new? Had you? Was, yeah, neither of us had. You know, we're pretty healthy, active people. But um, I and think, as you said, you had come from a, a cold cl- a place that gets really <laughs> cold in in winter, but you were you were colder being in Queensland than you had been before, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and so, you know, the, this moisture problem we have in our homes, um, so that I think that was a big contributor to yeah. that, the illness the first year, yeah. is that, you know, sure, that the central part of the house, the, the living area was warm because we had a diesel furnace or, or <laughs> nice. fireplace. Yeah. Um, but then you would go from that warm area into the freezing bedroom. Yeah, yeah, which is like, and, and yeah. there was a lot of moisture in the air too. Yeah. You know, condensation on the windows. Um, so yeah, that that was. Um, I, I did. I knew how much that 
influenced how I felt about um, even living in Queenstown is that to me that was the number one priority. Yeah. Now, so I'm not did... telling people what their priorities should be, but I do think that um, you know, see, we all have different reasons why you know yeah. we want to live in a certain kind of house. Yeah. But I do think performance should be in those priorities. Did you start with a home star in mind then when you started the planning process? Yes, so um, it was recommended to us. We did not go through a design rating. We were just planning on going through a built rating. And this is why I liked it because, um, so out of the 100, so so this is version four now. So it used to be 100 points. And that's if to get a 10 home star, you'd have to get the full 100 points. Mm -hmm. But now they've made it a little bit more flexible so that it's not urban centric or, you know, it doesn't penalize you for being in the rural areas or, um, so anyways, there's a possible 120 points to get a six star at 60 and then it goes up in increments of 10. Yep. So seven star is 70 points. Yep. Um, and so it was prescriptive. It was telling me like, look, you need to, you should get a certain number of points and materials to use some sustainable materials. Um, you should get, um, a certain number of points in site management. Um, so, you know, when you're landscaping, think, plant a certain number of fruit trees and vegetable. And, and so that, well, like my husband and I already are keen on um, leaving a, you know the planet intact for our children. So yeah. we're not particularly greenies, but at the same time we're conscientious of yeah. you know, we've got a rising population on the on the planet. So we need to be conscientious about the resources we use. Mm-hmm. Um, so landscaping, for example, which is not even the house itself, but part of the house. Um, this helped us make a decision to put in rather than lawn, we've put in you know really large vegetable beds and they're laid out like the ray of uh, sun of the sorry the rays of the sunshine and so they've become a feature. Um, so gee, what I liked about it was the tool was prescriptive yet flexible, gave us some good ideas and then we ran with them. And did you and find it, that you were adding costs? Like, did it, everyone wants to know? Does it cost more? Well, in some areas, yes. In some areas, no. So the landscaping, in fact, we salvaged materials from all the neighboring um, builds that were going on were in right. new development. Yeah. So we did it very cheaply that way. And we felt really good because, you know, rather than those materials going to a landfill, it helped us landscape. On the other, oh, and here's another example. Um, the tapware. We looked for Wells-rated tapware. So again, mm-hmm. it's a, you know, um, it told us how um, to minimize water wastage, basically. Yep. No added cost. There's such a variety of tapware right. rated and high wells rating um, on, on the market here. That's easy to, to achieve. Um, however, we also opted for solar hot water. So yes, the solar panels were an additional cost. Um, however, then you know we pay less in hot water. We have two teenagers who take long hot yeah. showers. Yeah? yeah. So that's probably going to make up for it in in the long run. So basically, that was just an initial investment. That's so just a, just. Diving into solar for a second, you went with solar, thermal, solar, hot water? Um, the evacuated tubes. Right. And and did you look into a heat pump water heater or, or solar PV uh, options? That is an excellent question. No, because at that time I didn't know that much. Like I was just on the cusp of learning, you know, about um, – sustainable building practices and uh-huh. um so now in fact it's one of those things i'm constantly playing this game in my head what would i have done differently and of course i'm influenced by there are certain things that have come on the market now that yep. weren't on the market three yep. years ago when we were planning 
Um, there are certain um, items that have come down in price. Probably like the biggest thing that I come back to is I chose thermally broken aluminum windows. Mm-hmm. They're argon filled, low E max. I like the way the glazing performs, but aluminum I think is a problematic material because of its con- conductivity. I wish I'd gone for UPVC windows. Interesting. Um, and um, how did you really, make that decision at the time? Was that again just your own research and looking what was no. available? So that's just it. Is that I did the research once once we got started on planning the house. I started to do the research, and then I worked for the company. In the end, I was so excited about what they were doing, <laughs> and so that gave me that opportunity to you know delve right in. Yeah. And um, so by the time I became more knowledgeable about it, construction was underway. So I had right. relied on the research of somebody else. Yeah, yeah. It makes me really aware, again, and, and I'm sorry, really I'm pushing Homestar, but because I do see it as a very valuable tool. Yeah. It's not fair to expect everybody who wants a better performing house to become an expert. Well, they, this is the thing that I often, people have to do all this research and I just see them doing, everyone has to do the research by themselves over and over again. And I think you're right. That's the value of Homestar and Super Home and to an extent, passive house as well. That it enables a uh, a bunch of data and bunch of prior experience to be built on, so that people don't have to keep doing their own research over and over again. Absolutely, absolutely. Because if not, it, we're reinventing the wheel yeah. constantly. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, in fact, if if I can put in a little plug here, so we're part of. Um, DCD and um, several other industry um, professionals in Queenstown and Wanaka, part of a collaborative um, group called Sustainable Homes Organization. And one mission, and it's basically to help Homestar gain traction in our region. Was that part of Dennis' initiative to get that going? Um, I don't recall at what point he came in. It's been, I've got to say, we're we're a fairly informal group. Um, Yeah. But but what's one of the things that's been great about it? So I'd say we're almost you know we're not connected to Super Home Movement, but we are certainly in line with them, and we totally. collaborate with them because yep. that's the whole point is to collaborate. Yeah. Because that's another thing is so we've got different you know we've got builders and we've got engineers and we've got architects and we're all getting you know um, becoming experts in green building, but then those pieces have to fit together. So mm. collaborating amongst industry professionals is also really key yeah. and um and so that's that's been another bonus and and so the summit that i talked about last week um it was fantastic because m- many of us participated whether you know just attending or, or organizing as like jesse Ayers did um the summit yep. but also um being speakers and so um and i have benefited massively from that because you know how lucky for me who has a pr background as you said um, to be able to work closely with like Denise Martin of BEO, yep. who's you know the probably the airtight um, expert in New the Zealand, guru. one of the one yeah, of the most experienced exactly. blow door testers, yeah. and then Polly Hugens from EZ, yep. and so you know how how fortunate to have that kind of um, collaboration and, and tutelage, and then of course Dennis as well, you know from his building perspective, um, yeah, so. So that's just it. Is there's got to be what I see ha- needs to happen is um, the consumer, the gen- general public, needs to um, be be educated to, to to have higher expectations of how our homes perform. Um, 
we need a tool on the market that can succinctly translate that information. So, mm-hmm. like, you know, uh, appliances have the star rating. Well, homes should have a star rating. And, it, yeah, the U.K. has that. It's mandated by government, and that might need to come from our government um, to, to get that going. Um, because as homes do start to perform better, as more come on the market, that will become the expectation. That will become the standard, not the minimum code. Yep. And we need collaboration amongst industry professionals. We need to be working together. And then the um, average person, the layman, can then rest easy. They, they can, you know, come to a company like ours. And, um, you know, we build high-end, thermally efficient homes. Um, and we want to be the go-to builders for aspirational projects. But we also really want to see market transformation across the, the board and that's, again, where Homestar comes in, you know, um, just come in for a design uh, mm. rate. Mm. And then you can take it to a group home builder or a prefab construction, you know, c- contractor, um, and then just apply those principles. So you don't have to become an expert yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and do you think, because you, you mentioned before about uh, talking to um, valuers and, um, and and we also talked about how, all the stuff that matters is, is invisible. What do you think it will take to to get some of that value recognised, or, or or is it possible to get the, that performance recognised in the in the value of of homes? Well, I think so. Um, and this is again where I feel like Homestar is the most practical tool because what it should be doing, and and I say should because this is the one part of it that um, it hasn't gained enough traction to bear this out yet but it does elsewhere in the like in uk bream does have this it's an independent buyer assurance so that's a bonus for the buyer yeah and it should be yielding higher returns for the seller so even if you are putting a little bit more money into the performance of your home so maybe you have to do a smaller footprint but you put in invest a little bit more into how the home performs holistically Mm-hmm. then that shouldn't be like that that shouldn't be seen as a cost it should be seen as an investment and that you know that um even though your house looks like your neighbors your house has a a star rating on it that sh- says it will perform at this level and therefore it will command a better price on the property market and there are anecdotes that that is true it's just it hasn't gained enough overall traction to say for sure that that you know but but we've seen it in the western world elsewhere yep. And I, there's reason to believe that that, but I think that probably, um, you know, whether that just comes from real estate agents or valuers, because they do have a very important, you know, role to play, that they're, they're very, you know, they're placed in a very strategic position, yeah. Yeah. or whether that has to be government mandated, um, or whether that comes from the industry, you know, like the super home movement pushing yep. towards market transformation. Yep. And certainly, and also a shout out to the Green Building Council who's doing, you know, and I think you used to work for them, right? Yep. Um, I have nothing but great things to say about them because that's a group of really dedicated, hardworking people. Yeah, yeah. And I think, like you mentioned as well, it just hasn't got there yet. That that comes back to the consumer as well, and and the responsibility or the opportunity for all of us to just get more houses out there that are rated in some way that are, that are higher performing, so that it just increases the awareness and increases the demand. It's a bit of a self perpetuating cycle, but we just need to build more of them so that yep. people start demanding more of them. 
well, at Key Rebuild, you know, this is a great opportunity. And I know there's been discussion, I don't know where it stands mm. right now, of um, mandating that they be Homestar rated. And that is a brilliant way of ensuring that they're not just cheap houses, but rather yeah. affordable homes yeah. that will perform, you know, keep the occupants healthy, um, keep, you know, nurture their mental well-being as well as their physical so yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we'd love really to see that happen mm-hmm. <laughs> we'd yeah. love to see that happen and so uh, it sounds like um dennis and the team have uh, been lucky to to find you you're obviously very passionate now that you've you've had the personal experience and are keen to help others on a similar journey um, it's very symbiotic I, I feel very lucky <laughs> to be you know on, on a team like this where yeah. um, I, I can tell that my knowledge is really going to expand massively. I'm on a big learning curve still here. So, what are what are the what are the goals uh, for for DCD in the in the next sort of six to twelve months? What what's the plan there? Well, um, we want to be seen as experts in the field of building energy efficient and sustainable homes. So, we'd like to be the go to builders for you know best practice. Um, just in just in a, a target central Otago or, or no Queen no Sound? nationally nationally yeah, no I mean we we build sorry we build in central Otago yep but if an architect in Auckland has a client who wants to build here and this does happen um, and they are ready to commit to a thermally efficient home yep then we want to be the go to builders and the reason is it's not just because it's not all about building high end homes it's just that if you don't if you have fewer budget constraints then you can then really focus on what is like how do we ensure the very best outcome you know yeah. that, that 10 home star that passive house plus certification um, the, the you know international best practice. Yep. So that's that's a big part of becoming experts in the field, yeah. and then knowing how to apply those principles um, in a way that then can be adapted to the mainstream. Because yep. then our other goal is to advocate for a transformation in the market. Like we it. want to see green building become mainstream. It shouldn't be niche. It shouldn't be seen as green. Yep. It should be seen as the standard that we all deserve. Yeah. Nice. So, how can people uh, get in touch with you, uh, Annabelle, and uh, and the rest of the team there? What if they want I'm to so find out more? I'm so glad you asked. So, um, you can always uh, look us up on our. We're going to have a new. We're launching a new website, uh-huh. and that's DCD. So, Dowling Construction and Development. So, yep. DCD. Um, I'm always happy to talk to people, as is Dennis. Yep. Um, I don't know if that's an outcome of um, our culturalism as originally being americans we seem to be very talkative people <laughs> but, i think um, passionate passionate that's true i think that, that there is a lot of passion in this yeah game. um so my email is annabelle a double n a b e double l e at dcd.co.nz and um and then also, like I said, you know, I'm part of um, Sustainable Homes Organization as well. I mean, DCD is part of that. And mm-hmm. so for people in Central Otago especially, yep. we have a Facebook page. Um, it's a good place to just keep on top of um, things like the One Summit last week, what's yeah. going on, getting information. And um, and then also um, another plug for Homestar. I'm a Homestar assessor. And so that can be used in a variety of ways, whether yeah. to do a built rating once you're all finished. And you don't have to have built with DCD in order to get a Homestar assessment done by us. Yep. Um, and same, you could use us, you know, to get the design rating. And again, that doesn't mean that you have to build with us either. Yeah. Yeah. And then go awesome. to the that fits you best. 
yeah so thank you very much for your time and i really appreciate it and it's great that uh you're able to um and so keen to share your personal journey and and also now spread the word and, and i really like that sentiment that it's it's what you believe that others should demand and deserve not just uh yeah. not just to be a, a, a an aspiration for the for the few yeah, I think so. And because I, I I do try to be careful to not say, you know, well, come on, Kiwis, you, you, you should want better. But it's like, actually, you deserve better. We yep. all do. We should yep. be living in, in warmer, drier and healthier homes. Period. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Thanks so much, Matthew. I really appreciate you giving me this opportunity. Thank you. Annabelle Namaguchi there, finishing off our chat about Homestar and the fact that we all do deserve and should demand better performing homes don't forget to head back to episode 145 to check out my interview with dennis dowling himself and you can also find the show notes for this episode along with some links and some photos of uh, annabelle's own home at uh, homestylegreen.com forward slash 177 Thank you very much for tuning in. Love if you could uh, rate and review the show over on iTunes or wherever you listen to this show. Uh, Leave a comment in the show notes or you can contact me, Matthew, at homestylegreen.com. Thanks very much for tuning in. Now go make a better place to live.